Welcome to the Todd Z Zcast, everybody. My name is Todd Zalkins, recorded live here in Long Beach, California, where we talk about a little bit of everything, a little bit of recovery, a little bit of this, that, and the other. Some things relevant and highly irrelevant. We're here to share with you what's really going on. Welcome to the Z-Man Show, everybody. I'm your host, Todd Zalkins. I'm really excited about today's uh, podcast. But first, we have a few sponsors to talk about. Today's program is brought to you by Balboa Horizons, one of Southern California's premier treatment centers. Give them a call if, uh, if you know of someone who needs some help or if you yourself need some help. Give them a call at 833-NOT-ALONE. Again, 833-NOT-ALONE. Balboa Horizons, located in Costa Mesa, Newport Beach. These guys do some great work, so hit them up if you need some help, you guys. The program is also brought to you by the No Family Foundation. Please donate heavily to Knoll Family Foundation to help us support Bradley's house. All of your uh, contributions or donations are tax deductible. You can visit us at thenollfamilyfoundation.org. We've got some stellar t-shirts and hoodies and hats and all that stuff. And, and uh, you know, send, uh, send in a big order. And last time I checked, you know, Kelly Knoll was gonna paint somebody's house or half of it if you ordered a dozen shirts. She's actually minimized it. Uh, if you guys order 24 shirts, she'll detail one of your cars, she tells me, and she'll walk your family's pets. If you have dogs, she'll take the dogs for a walk for 10 days. But you got to order 24 hoodies and shirts to, for that to happen. So thank you, Kelly, for offering to do that. But it's got to be within a 50-mile radius. This program is also brought to you by As High As I Am. As High As I Am is the Central Coast finest surfwear band, surfwear brand and shop located in Morro Bay, California. Go by there and uh, check out my buddy Mike Lopaka Jones, a legitimate big wave rider in the area. One of the sweetest guys that you'll meet. He'll take you for a surf quite possibly. He'll have you uh, buy sushi afterwards and he'll make you wear a spring suit uh, up until about March. And uh, th then he'll uh, maybe throw in some board shorts when the temperatures warm up. But uh, go see Mike Jones at as high as I am and uh, check out his, his store in the Morro Bay area. Let's see here. So, uh, you guys, sign up for our email list at thelongwaybackfilm.com. Again, thelongwaybackfilm.com. You can also follow me on Instagram. It's just at Todd Zalkins. And you can follow on Twitter at longwaybackfilm. Also, you guys, send any questions or comments you may have uh, to info at toddzalkins.com. We do our very best to respond to, to inquiries about, about care or recovery, and, and we've gotten people asking for help from all over the country these last several months. And anything that we can do to be of help, if someone out there is suffering, please hit us up. Or just throw in some general, general questions about how to score some not-so-free t-shirts for the Bradley's House cause. Okay, here. The first three people who share this podcast will get a free film poster and a DVD. So the first three people on Facebook who share this damn thing, we're going to hit uh, uh, sort you guys out with a uh, DVD and some signed posters. So uh, give that a whirl if you may, and uh, we'll, we'll be sure that the mail gets shipped out, you know, within three to six months. At tops, tops, you'll have your stuff, I promise you. <sighs> Moving on. Our guest... Today is Brian Coakley from the Cadillac Tramps. <laughs> What's up, Brian? Sliding on in. <laughs> I just slid in from Long Beach, all the way from Long Beach. You had a long drive today, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, brother. How are you? Good, good. How's the, uh, how's the film doing? Uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, 
the the documentary on the Cadillac Tramps called Life on the Edge is one of the sickest docs that I've seen in a long time. I've seen it twice myself. It is available on is it basically every every medium? Yeah, Amazon? last last time I checked, it's like you can rent it on Amazon, Google Play, uh, what Voodoo, all those all those dumb uh, sites, good sites, great sites, iTunes. Do I say that? You yeah. can say it twice, man. Amazon, yeah. Everywhere except Netflix. It's not on Netflix, so sorry about that. You guys are, 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 are missing out if you don't check this film out. It is so well done. Brian's wife did it, and she did an absolutely incredible job. I was so impressed yeah. with the final product. And um, check it out. Life on the Edge, the Cadillac Tramp story. Yeah, 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 yeah. <sighs> is there going to be some blank space here? Do I have to do some talking? Blank, blank space. Blank space. Yeah, um, I don't. I was just spacing out because I was just thinking because you were saying uh, my, about my wife doing that, and, you know. And we were talking about a little bit earlier how she wore like every hat there was possible to wear making that film. It was crazy. So. I mean, I remember you guys were doing the the fundraising for that, and you guys went about it so just organic, man. Putting the word out. I remember donating that thing. I was like, I'm gonna see what the hell this thing looks like. Yeah. And I'm glad that you guys did what you did because it's killer. Yeah, and we and we did the dumb. I mean, we uh, we did the dumb thing of breaking that rule of uh, don't spend your own money too. You know, so we actually yeah the crowd the crowdfunding the Kickstarter raised a bunch of money, and it was compensated also by selling a boatload of Cadillac Tramps merchandise, which was awesome because that stuff still actually sells. How can we find that? You can find that on the Cadillac Tramps documentary.com and there's a store there that's got loads of all kinds of Cadillac Tramps goodies including the one of the weird things was all the music that the Cadillac Tramps had done over the years we made four albums and they were out of print so we actually re-recorded 20 Cadillac Tramp classic tunes in the last, you know, Gabby was like basically a year away from death and interestingly enough, sang his ass off and it sounds freaking amazing. It was like his best performance ever. Um, so there's an album, you know, there's there's also a little, a little uh, juicy tidbit of an album that we did a live record. The same day we recorded the 20 song Cadillac Tramp double LP. It's a, it's a vinyl, but you can also download it. The same day we did that, we loaded into this club. We were gonna play a show. Everyone's like, you guys are way better live all the time. So we set up, we had a remote truck come out. And this was actually all Jamie's idea, actually. Jamie, my wife, again, wearing another hat, record producer. She, she, we, we get a remote truck, they come out, guy named Chris Furman records us. We set up at like 10 in the morning and play all of our songs over and over and over and over and over. And then that night, we play a show at the same club and we record that whole show. Damn. So the album that you hear when you buy that the studio album is from that club on the stage live, mixed obviously, and then overdubbed with, with like a you know lead guitar and vocal. But then the live record is the same night, the same place, the same gear. But it was, you know, Jamie was like, let's just, because the last live record we did, they edited out all of Gabby's bullshit. 
basically. Gabby just would go off, stop songs, talk a bunch of shit for like 25 minutes in between songs. <laughs> can I cuss? I can cuss, right? Oh, 100 beat you. Fuck yeah. I really shouldn't. Please do. I really shouldn't. Absolutely. I, I have a potty mouth. You're, li- you're limited to three to four F-bombs. I will use no more if, if but I'm lying, of course. But anyway, we left all of his crap in there. And so there's a live record on the CadillacTrampsDocumentary.com. It's a download. It's the only place you can get it. And it has a complete unedited gabbiness. It's amazing. And it's only like six bucks. You hear that? It's only like six bucks. And uh, for those of you who've never listened to the Cadillac Tramps, I suggest that you do. But there's a lot of people who's tu- who are tuning in who are very familiar with Brian Coakley and the Cadillac Tramps. And for those of you who don't know, all these cats were freaking sober. And to my, I, it baffled me that uh, this group, this collection of freaking uh, of maniacs are playing this music sober. And it's a sober band. And people are just getting killed in the audience. God, I love that. We breaking bar tabs too. We would like Bogarts. We broke the bar tab at Bogarts, the record for beer sales. Could you imagine if you were drinking, you could have upped it more? Oh man, we would have broke it by ourselves. Right. <laughs> but then we wouldn't have played. We would have fell off the stage, not played. So I love it. Um, I'm really stoked you're here, Brian, and and thanks for taking the time today. Uh, before before we got uh, this thing started, Brian was filling me in on some of the, some of the stuff that he was that he's currently involved in. But, be, but before we talk about Blind House, man, you touched on something that you know you hit. You, you've been you've been in recovery a long time. Is it thirty plus years? Yeah, March twenty seventh. It'll be thirty two. That's a years. long freaking time without drinking and getting loaded, man. And that's, that's um, dry. You get really. That's like camel time, right? Damn. Crossing the desert. I just I just celebrated 12 years this last Sunday, and I think, my God, this guy's got... Happy f- birthday. Hey, thanks, brother. Um, you know, three decades plus. I know that you do the deal in this thing called recovery, but you touched on something that I wanted to see if we could, uh, you know, take a few steps further, which is you hit, you hit a patch, man, for a couple of years. You're talking about how things got a little bit off. Yeah. You, and can you talk a little bit about that in your own recovery? Yeah, yeah. The last it was the last two years. I mean, really, right now is uh, right now. I'm in the oh my gosh! It finally the sun finally came back out, you know. And uh, but what what you know what basically had happened was people around me and close to me in my life. Um, you know, Jamie being one of them, my son being one of them, you know, my mother, different people were starting to uh, notice an edginess and, 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 and an anger and a, and a hostility coming out of me. And um, I was in a funk to the point where, you know, I basically didn't, I, I've tried to explain it as normally since I've been sober. You know, when you first come in the program, you are down and out. Your life is basically totally screwed. You are They call it hitting bottom, and they're not kidding. You are at a bottom. So from the point when I came into the program, the thing that the program gave me was like, like a, a little, there was like a spark. And I don't know what to call that spark because I don't know if I even understand what's in play there for what's actually happening but inside of you I call it hope Mm. there was a little bit of hope inside of me when I first got sober and that little bit of hope just kept growing and growing and when you go through 32 years of life 
you know, life goes up and goes down. You have some wins, you have some losses, you have some, you know, good things, bad things, all kinds of things happen. People die, people come, people go. But always, as long as I've been sober, there was always this little hope spot inside of me. Well, the last two years, up until just recently, that freaking spark was gone. And it was, if it was there, it was barely burning. And I just had this feeling inside of dread and, and just... Can, can I jump in on yeah, that really yeah, quick? Free, and and yeah. this, is so, this is so compelling, you know, to have a, um, a gentleman who's, you know, worked the program for over three decades and he's, ex he's ex sharing with us that despite, you know, good, good recovery, physically sober, emotionally sober, all that stuff, that things, things happen in a, and um, on an emotional level that sometimes we can't explain or articulate. And would you, would you is it possible that you're referring to something of, of like a low-level depression? For sure. Okay. I mean, for sure. Because I've been through that too. And you can't, yeah. you just said something key. You, you just can, they're just blank and you can't outthink it. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and I, I don't know. The, the thing is, is I've been prone to depression my whole life. And I've had like, I mean, dude, my 18 year old, my 18 year birthday, I basically was, I lived at my parents' house. Nobody could find me that day. They're like, where's Brian? I was laying in my mom's spare bedroom on the side of the bed, on the floor, just At 18 hiding. years sober? No, 18 years old. Oh, I'm so sorry, okay. My, so I mean, I've been prone to depression yeah. my whole life. Okay. And, and But you know, I mean, that's kind of drastic. But I mean, I was also, you know, a few years from hitting my bottom. So the depression thing is true and it, comes, it would come and go. But even when I would get depressed, the thing about this last two years that was kind of different is that even when I would get depressed, I still would have that little spark of hope inside that like, hey, tomorrow, I'll wake up tomorrow. As long as I stay sober, tomorrow I'll wake up, things will be better. I was starting to get into this point where it was more like, fuck, is, is, it a, is this just it now? Is just this... like Groundhog Day, man. Every yeah. day is just kind of, just, just kind of not, too, not stoked about much. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. I mean, even it's things, good things would happen and it would just be like, yeah, that's good. Mm, I still feel kind of, it was, you know, it was probably fear. It was probably a lot of stuff, but the, what it came down to was I finally, I finally uh, reached out and basically one more time asked for help outside of myself in this program. And, and talk to my sponsor and I, I go, look, I need to talk to you and, and get out what's in there and just, you know, see where I'm at, you know, and, and just having somebody else sit on the other side of the table and kind of look at you and you tell them your story. Mm -hmm. And then they say, this is what I see. Your own brain sees it a certain way, but somebody outside of ourselves can see it so much more clearly. So and you got some different perspective. From I got this some different perspective. Yeah. And basically what it came down to was... The only real thing that had changed in my life was a, a lot of death. A lot of friends and really close, lifelong buddy, brother, friends had died. And also, um, speaking in a, like a musical career kind of a sense, the Cadillac Tramps, when Gabby died, the Cadillac Tramps basically died too. It's as an entity, it's never going to be, there's never going to be a Cadillac Tramps playing another show ever again. And that was a big deal too. Cause, and I felt shitty because I felt like 
that's a that's nothing compared to the fact that Gabby died or compared to the fact that Steve Soto died or any of my friends that have died over the whole course of my life of being sober. The band ending is like, that's minimal, but it, it is actually, it was a huge identity part of my life. So it actually affected me so hard. So I go, and I, I, if I'm talking too long, just shut no, me up. No, but no, not at all. I go to meet... The weird thing that happened, what broke the sunlight and opened everything was I finally went to go meet my sponsor. And when I was on my way to go meet my sponsor, I got a text from my friend Johnny Two Bags. And he says, hey, do you want to go see this band tonight in LA? And the weirdest thing was Social D had just gotten back from tour. And I'm like, why is Two Bags just getting back from tour and he wants to go see a band in LA the next night? And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. But I just go, okay. I don't know why I said yes, because it was a Thursday night. I had to work the next day. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Sounds fun. So I go in. I talk to my sponsor. He looks at me, says, what's different? Comes up with this whole death thing. And he's like, I think what you're dealing with is grief. Unresolved grief. Unresolved grief. Yeah, was... And unidentified grief. Because it's like, you you know, you got to say I have a problem before you can fix anything, right? Well, okay, so he points out, the and, and I'm really glad you're touching on this. And, and I appreciate the honesty. Because that, there's someone out there who's going to hear this or identify with this. And this is going to help somebody, man. I appreciate that. Hopefully. What type of, I mean... Any type of direction or suggestion? Or is it like, you know what, you've identified it. Now what do we do about it? Or was it just nothing? Interestingly enough, no. Interestingly enough, I left. Um, he, my sponsor owns a bookstore. I left this bookstore with two books, you know. And it was like, he told me, uh, he was like, Bill Ward recommends this certain book. And it was this uh, Life After Loss or Healing After Loss. I can't even remember the name of the book, but there were two books I left that day with these two books and I just, you know, was I've been leafing through them and and hap, haphazardly. I mean, just as <laughs> I've been sober 32 years and I mean, I never I you'd think that I knew the big book by heart, but I know certain parts, but it's like haphazardly I've made my way through that book too. So but but the weirdly enough so then go so I go out of that meeting. It's like it's grief, he tells me. I go out of there, I go, I meet Johnny. Johnny, actually Johnny picks me up, takes me to LA and we go see this band. Well, it turns out it's this guy, Will Hogue from Nashville. He's a Americana kind of country guy, which is not my thing normally at all. And I watched the band and, and when I first came into the program, I was playing music and I used to tell everybody, I'm the guy who got kicked out of more bands than anybody I know. I mean, I literally was the trasher dude who would show up with like a 12 pack, some blow and some weed. And they'd be like, we're here to like write songs and you're here to fucking get hammered. You know, my guy right here. Yeah. So, so I got kicked out eventually every band and then I got sober and I could actually do it with the tramps. But one of the things that happened too was I came in the program and there was Mike Ness. He had one year sober. And I, I keyed in like, holy shit, this guy's got one year sober. And I knew he was a trasher. He was like a trasher. I knew he was a junkie and all that shit. And I was like, holy crap, this guy can stay sober. Maybe I could stay sober. And this guy's still playing his music. Maybe I can play music sober. 
And actually, he was friends with all the tramps, and it was an inspirational mm. thing for us. So I, I go into that show, and Johnny's in there. And then freaking Mike Ness rolls up with his son and his wife. And I'm like, what in the hell is Mike <laughs> Ness going to a show two days after they Post get home tour. from tour? Like, yeah. what in the hell is going on here? So I see Mike. I get to give him a hug and talk to him for a second, you know, brief. And then... And then this band plays, and they do their set, and I loved them. They were amazing. They did this one song, and it's called Even If It Breaks Your Heart. And it's this song about hearing guitar and being driven to play music and, and just having that, that Jones inside of you to like express yourself and be a musician and be a rock star, all that shit that happens when you want to play music and when you're a musician the drive and that even if it breaks your heart you keep following that dream mm -hmm. and sometimes like sometimes the dream will bite you in the ass you know I mean sometimes I got dropped off a major label and was balled up in a in a in a fetal position going like I've given like music my whole fucking life what's music ever given me you know what I mean? And I've had a good career. I, that's like me being a big baby that one day. And then the next day you wake up and you're like, you know what? I've played better shows than most guys ever get to play. I've done some stuff. You know, and it's hills and valleys. You have to look at the, at the hills and say, yay. And then when the valleys come, you have to go, maybe I'll get them next time, you know? But, but the thing was, is Ness was there when I first came in. I'm in this crisis of like grief and loss. And more importantly, too, musically, I didn't know what the fuck to do. You, by the way, you can say that word. I, right, you know, I can you say fuck. But I did not know who the fuck is Brian Coakley now without the Cadillac Tramps, without like without my bros that are like my 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 guy, Gabby. Dude, what, who am I now without that? But in a way, was it like like what's my purpose right now? I mean, obviously, obviously, you 100%. don't you don't you don't get loaded. And you haven't drank no matter what. But man, when you don't have a, I guess a strong some type of sense of purpose, and is in a way was some of your identity kind of stripped? It's like you know you lose your yeah. bro, your your freaking brother, literally, you yeah. know. And um, I'm here, I am, yeah. kind of naked, twisting in the rain. What the hell do I do? Yeah, and. But I'm curious, so that's that's two years of a lot of pain, man. And let's face it, and I don't know if you agree or disagree with this, as people who have who have who have lived a life of, you know, destroying oneself, I think that we're capable of taking a lot of pain. <laughs> right? A great deal. Yeah. I mean, for me not just emotional, physical, chemical, I can I can just keep it down inside. Yeah, man. Just keep it deep down inside. And I'm just, I, I, I love this topic because I, I battle with low-level clinical depression in my recovery. And mm -hmm. I actually, at about five years sober, I didn't want to be here anymore. Yeah. And that's not a cool, especially, and that's doing all the stuff that we do. Mm -hmm. And you touched on it a second ago. You're like, I think I've had some type of depression my whole life. Yeah. And obviously, self-medicating probably assisted for a while until it didn't sure. work, right? So I just, I'm super, um, it's, it's just compelling that, you know, at, at 30 years sober, the rubber was really meeting the road. And would you consider it in a way some like divine intervention? You know, Johnny has been sober a long time. Mm -hmm. So has Mike Ness. Do you kind of attribute some of the healing from, you know, you talk to your sponsor, your bro hits you up, you see this incredible, sounds like musician that you were stoked to see. Mm -hmm. Did that kind of chain of events? 
to make you turn the corner and go like, you know what? I need to be doing this and we're going to get to what you're doing in a second. Yeah. Oh, 100%. 100%. That's exactly like that's the like that's the the punchline to this whole two-year joke or whatever was. The funny thing and it's no joke, but the funny thing was is I left that that show and Johnny and I, you know, walked out to his truck and I was like, that was like top 5 shows I've ever been to in my life. And when I was in there watching him, when he started to play that song, I don't even know how, I don't know why, I started bawling. And I was just like, I had a handkerchief in my pocket. I always usually have a handkerchief and I was kind of like just trying to like suck it up. But I got totally choked up when he was playing. And I came out of there and, and Johnny was like, Johnny just out of the blue, it was the weirdest thing. Johnny out of the blue goes, you know what you should do, Coakley? You should do a band like Blue Movie. And the weirdest thing was Blue Movie was like a band that was, uh, God rest his soul, Chris Lagerborg, the original Calac Tramps drummer, and then Randy Freeman, who was like basically the original Cadillac Tramps bass player. And they had both got, it was the weirdest story because they had both gotten kicked out of the Tramps and came to me and said, let's start a side band with the songs that you don't do in the Tramps. And so I had these like, and it was like this groovy kind of not really punk, not really rock, groovy music that was, you know, whatever. And he's like, why don't you just go back and keep it simple and do something like a blue movie? And he just happened to say that out of that. And I didn't really, I listened to him when he said it, but it didn't sink in until we'll get to that. But what I took it as, back to your what you were saying is, the whole thing with the sponsor and Johnny and Ness and all that, it was God kind of going, listen, bro, you just keep moving forward and you let me show you where to go and show you what to do and you'll and I'll 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 reveal it to you. Like yeah. you know what they say, more will be revealed. Well, I spent that two years just kind of lost. But the one thing that I didn't do that was probably right, I didn't just try to do something when I didn't know what something to do was. And then all of a sudden, it was all laid out really clear. And so, how bitching was that though? Like when that happened, like, it was like it opened up and like, I get it. Okay. I'm restored a bit here. It was like somebody had their foot on my throat and then they took it off. I mean, it literally was like, I've been like the last couple of months just walking around just going, man, that was a, I, I tried to explain it to people. How like when I saw that song and I talked to him and did this and some of the, some people get it and some people are just like, oh, that's a trip. You know, whatever. okay, you're kind of weird. But, but you know, it was just like, it was like, Oh, like the Dude. Red Sea parting or something. It was big. That 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 relief must have been just killer for you. And you know, I'm I'm a big um, on that note. I'm a big Mike Mart fan. Oh yeah. I'm a big. I mean, to, a friend of mine, Mike Tracy, who's a drummer. He plays drums in my band, and he goes. Dude, he's like the Long Beach Merle Haggard. He is. You know? Oh, Mike Mart's amazing. So lyrically, he, he writes some stuff, and, and I don't know if Mike will be even be list, tuning into this, but kind of like you're saying that, that that gig a song struck you man Mart's got a song called That's All Mine and it's off of one of his solo records and if you guys can find it 
it's recovery based. It's about taking ownership of your own stuff Ooh. and and basically, you know, I'm the one here. The problem was me. Yeah. And it's just so beautifully written. Like you're saying, dude, I've put that effing thing on volume freaking 15 if there is a 15. Right. And as on an open road, man, just start bawling. And it's like, thank you, Mike Mark, for that. But that's what I'm, I'm, I'm segueing into music. Music can do that to us, man. And we cried a lot when we we're loaded, but sober, when something <laughs> freaking nails you, yeah. man, how freaking key is that? Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, that's so cool, great. Brian, that you had that experience. Yeah. Um, There's about five times in my life where you just see a band and they're so good that it just brings you to tears because for whatever reason, maybe it's something you're going through, maybe it's not. Maybe it's just how amazing they are, you know? The Javelinas, I don't know if you ever heard of them, but they were a band that Johnny and I had gone to see the Javelinas like in the in the early uh, 90s at the coach house. And, and that was one of the things he was like, man, yeah, that reminded me of the Javelinas at the coach house. It was just, we both had the same feeling about it. And then later the next day, he told me that he was actually getting choked up at that show too with the really with the Will Hogue, yeah. It sounds like all the right things lined up. And you know, we hear that silly thing sometimes in recovery, there are no coincidences, but it sounds to me like you said, you know, well, the chance of Johnny reaching out to me after a long tour, and he's like, let's go check these dudes out, and bam, all of a sudden, the road smooths out for you a little bit, right? Yeah. Um, and and so I want to take a step in this direction. I'm so I'm stoked to hear about. For uh, March 23rd, we'll be talking about what's going on with Brian at Alex's bar. 24th. 20. See, well, hold on. If you get to the 23rd, you'll get a good seat because you'll be a day early. That's right. But you're you're in a band, and when I I loved how the explanation of um, I don't know if Mike's got the graphic of this called Blind House. Talk to us about Blind House because I'm super stoked about checking it out, number one, and just hearing about it. Well, so coming from Johnny saying you should do something like Blue Movie, I actually found some recordings of Blue Movie that we had done that never got recorded anywhere except just like in a garage, you know what I mean? So I had some of these songs from like when I was 25 years old, and then I, and, and I saw how full circle, I had written a bunch of other tunes in the modern day that kind of, they actually sounded like they could be in the same set, you know? And um, so I'm thinking, okay, I'm gonna do this band. This is, okay, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna put together this band. And, but I didn't really know, I can't, I was like, I'm, I can't really call it Blue Movie. That's not really my name. That was Randy's name. It was a bitchin' name, but, um, and I would have loved to keep that name, but it wasn't my name. So I'm like, okay, I gotta think of a name. But when I name something, like a band, it has to mean something to me. Like my band that was on a major label was called Rule 62. What did that mean to me? Rule 62 means don't, don't take, take yourself your... too seriously, too right. damn seriously. That's right. And so I was like, okay, how can my ego blow up if I'm in a band called Rule 62, you know what I mean? But it still did. But anyway, no, that's another story. But the thing is, so I'm thinking, okay, I need to name this something that really means something to me, right? And so I was thinking, oh, you know, there's a, there's, a, there's a classic Cadillac Tramp song called Barbed Wire. And I was like, maybe I'll call the band Barbed Wire. That'll be a cool name. And, and then people will get the idea that it's kind of like Tramp's music and it's the Tramp's guy. And my wife was like, yeah, that's an okay name, you know. And then we go to Europe my wife takes me to England for my birthday and we're doing these tours 
of castles and just bitching in, you know, England medieval stuff. We're in this village that's literally a place where they filmed a bunch of Harry Potter scenes, you know? Cool. And the guy's like, shows us this little mini castle thing. And he's like, what do you think this is, you know, for? And I look in there and it's got one cot, one door. And there's like, maybe like a, it's like a place to like a, put a can for peeing in in the corner. No windows. And I'm like, that's the drunk tank. <laughs> and fucking... And the guy just goes, that's right, that's right. And I guess so, that's the thing is, the, the, and it's called, they would call, the slang for it was the blind house. Because if you were acting up, the constable would throw you in there. Or, you know, they're also called the village lockup and they have all these other names. But one of the nicknames was the blind house. I would have been a resident if it was in Belmont Shore. Dude, I would have been in that blind house plenty of times, right? I mean... But the reason they call it the blind house because there's no windows, so you'd be in there for a couple days, and then you come out, and it's like you're freaking the sun, any even the English sun would blind your eyes. So, um, and, and did it hit you then? Like, oh, dude, this is a cool name for us. Weirdly or? enough, it was Jamie again, my wife. She goes, "That's the name of your band right there," and it was, and it, and it was. I was thinking, yeah, yeah. And I had been I had been talking with um, the band guys. Uh, I've been talking with Derek O'Brien, who's the original Social Distortion drummer. He's the guy that played on Mommy's Little Monster, the freaking classic Social D punk rock album. Um, and he was in the Adolescents, Agent Orange, all these crazy bitching punk bands that we all grew up listening to. And I've been talking to him about starting this band. And so he's playing drums and I texted him right away. I took a picture and I texted it to him. This is what I want to call the band. And then Frank Meyer is the guitar player for, and singer for Streetwalk and Cheetahs. And they're a freaking amazing off the hook band. He's super talented, great songwriter working with him. He's like, I want to be in that band too, you know? And he's like, okay, cool. So I send him a thing and they kind of were like, Nah, they didn't really get it at first, you know. They were like, "It's oh. better than barbed wire." I love it. It is, but they they both like it now. Yeah. But it was like one of those things where Frank, I, it just kind of went past him, and he did. I sent it to him, and I told him the whole story in a text. And then another day, he was like, "What's the blind house story again?" Like he didn't really, get, you know, he was. And then I broke it all down what it was, and he's like, "Oh, I get it now. I'm on board. I'm totally down." And you know. I, I got to ask you, uh, the street walking cheetahs, I wonder if that's taken from the famous Iggy Pop Search and Destroy it song. Is. One of the greatest. What a great line. What a cool name of a band. I mean, he works with the original Stooges guitar player writing songs with him. On Hasn't he been sober a long time? The Stooges guy? Yeah. I do not know. Oh, I'm, thinking, I'm sorry. I'm thinking about the MC5, Wayne Kramer. Wayne Kramer probably I think is, he's been yeah. sober for quite a while. Yeah. Um, well, so you've got a, there's a gig though coming up, and by the way, I'll get it right. It's on March 24th, and it's a daytime thing at Alex's Bar in Long Beach. Yeah, it's a free show, too. It's a free show, you guys. What time are you guys going to play for Blind House? This is going to be freaking key. Interestingly enough, Alex's Bar will be kind of like a Blind House that day, because inside <laughs> it'll be all dark. And then every time someone comes in, they open on those matinee shows, they open the door, and yeah. it's like... Like there are a bunch of vampires about ready to melt inside, <laughs> but uh, the show starts. I think the doors are at one, but they might be at two. So know. for we some people, like they're just kind of waking up. They can roll in their jammies if they want. Oh yeah, it's like it's, it's Alex's, right? You can wake up at the crack of noon and 
still be there on time. Are you guys yeah. going to play about two, you said? Yeah, I think, well, I think we play about two or three o'clock. I'm Sweet. Not sure. The show starts at two. The first band's really good. It's all really good bands, too, that day. It's all friends. Love it. Harless Sweetwater has this band called uh, Coyotes de Barrio. And they are, uh, oh man, they're off the hook. They got a rapper, and it's just like they do like these. It's it's awesome. So it's a good bill, and, and we'll definitely be talking about this in the coming weeks to to help promote it. Man, I'm looking forward to checking out Blind House and hearing some of these songs that you wrote a long time ago. Man, yeah, some and new some one. new ones. Too. Sweet. And then there's some Frank Meyer songs in there too, which is awesome as well. He writes great tunes. Man. You know, so so since you've you know you're jamming with these guys in Blind House now, and has there been, I don't know how long ago this the the, the moment where you're with Johnny Two Bags up in LA, but this was a few months ago type thing, or was it yeah, weeks? it was uh, it was a couple of months ago. Let's see, I went to England in January, and I think what happened with Johnny was like it was actually it was farther back. It was like November. It was like October, November. Yeah. And and so, so it's since been that, a few months now, you know. In my mind, it was like two months ago, but it's it's been like three months or so. Since that time, though, when the fog or the whatever the wall lift, the stuff lifted, man, um, things have been pretty cool in your in your world. You know what? It has, and it's and things have been clicking. Um, you know, I I play in this band called Santos E Sinners, and you know. We, we had in that time period, that's like our, uh, it's like my blues band and I call it, we, it's, it's traditional blues, but we also have some originals and it's, when I play the blues, it ends up coming out a little rougher than the blues or a little bit more aggro. I'm not, it's not like punk rockified blues. It's, we're still playing pretty traditional, but we have this energy and that band's doing really good. We played our best show that we've had yet. Um, since this period of time, and we're gonna be playing the Hippie Killer Hoedown in early April, and the headliner on that show's off the hook, but I'm not allowed to say who it is yet. We but can't talk about that yet, it's uh, top secret. They have a big show coming up that they can't announce till after, but anyway, that's going super well. Um, you know, the, the, the Cadillac Tramps documentary stuff is just, it is what it is, but you know, work's going well, everything's smooth, yeah. I mean, it's weird how that, it just cleared some crap. I love know. it, man. And so you're on the other side of some stuff. It was just kind of a bum out for a while, to, to, be, to be quite frank. It was yeah. a bum out for a bit. And, and right now, it's not a bum out. It's, things are getting good. And, and um, you know, I want to bounce this off you. I'm going to bounce this off of him live. I'm going to put him right into a corner here. Um, you're familiar with what we're doing with Bradley's House, right? The Knoll Family Foundation? Yes, yes. Totally back that. Yeah. We're going to be opening the first treatment center of its kind. It's, it, it, we're going to be treating, we'll be able to treat 24 musicians a year, full detox and 90-day program with, uh, you know, clinical staff and just a good place for, for, for musicians starting out as a men's program to get well and, you know, get back on their feet, you know? Right. I wanted to ask you, I love doing this just like this. We recently had Jacob Knoll and this guy Casey Sullivan do a do a live uh, little streamcast. They played some acoustic music, mm -hmm. and I've seen a couple of years ago. I had the pleasure of seeing you at Deep Piazza's jamming on stage with some acoustic. Okay, and uh, just out of curiosity, would you ever do like a six eight song little set for Bradley's house? Oh hell yeah, yeah, anytime. I told no 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 need to push, no no arm twisting needed here. 
Chris Mullen back then. Man, that would be fun to get Coakley and friends, man. Maybe get two back. I'll tell you what, you know, Mike Ness was at my film at the Lido Theater, and this was just... I was so excited about this. He uh, he and I talked um, after the after the film. He he was there with his wife, and uh, we're talking about the Bradley's house was really in its infancy as far as it getting out there. I shared with him what we were doing. He's like, "I'll play a show for you guys in a minute." And one thing led to another. And we're we're going to book something at the Palladium, and it just turns out one of his players, he kind of not he didn't speak too soon, but everyone, so one of the guys is going to be out of the country type mm-hmm. thing, and so. I was really stoked to launch it out with that, and um, who knows, maybe you could ask Johnny to join you or something, yeah. because I'm, you know, all those guys know Brad's music, and we're trying to develop this culture of, of, of awareness, and that, you know, first and foremost, guys like you and Johnny have got, what, 60 plus years of sobriety yeah. together? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's one of those solids in my life, because, you know, I'll, I'll hit 30 years, and then it's like two months go by, and Johnny hits 30 years. I got a little bit of edge on him, but it's just like... A, so long as you stay sober, you'll always be ahead. I'll always be ahead. <laughs> yeah. um, but but th- that would be a lot of fun, man, if we could uh, yeah. get down on that and let you I'll guys... I'll do anything for it. I mean, it's, it's seriously... Uh, one of the things that's awesome about being a musician is that you I, I have something that I can... That basically just comes out of me. It doesn't. It's not like I, I I work at it a little bit, but it's basically just in there. Mm. And I have that. I can bring it out and I can use it. You know, like use your powers for good. You know, <laughs> so I mean, I totally. I'm down. I'm I'm 100. I had to put him on the spot live like that. It's like I was. I, wait, I was waiting for the anyway. spatial contortion of like, can't believe you just did that to me. You effing. No, he 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 didn't do that. So we're gonna hold him accountable on that one. Um, and you know, I gotta ask you about. Um, is Blind House going to be coming out with an album? Um, you know, eventually, I hope so. I mean, it's, some, it's weird because people are hitting me up on Facebook. Are you guys going to tour? Because I've been putting little snippets of music out here and there from our rehearsals. But, uh, you know, we don't have anything recorded yet. But, yeah, I mean, that's the idea. I mean, to me, the, the, uh, the idea is always like when I would get the Kiss Alive record. And I'd be like... That's okay. Yeah, the forum. I want to play the forum. Yeah. I want to have an album like this, and I want other little kids to get it and buy it and play <laughs> it. You know, of course, I want to tour the whole world. I want to travel back and go. You know, stand in front of the actual blind house and and uh, in every town in England while I'm on tour. That'd be fun. And right? some people might be blind drunk checking you out. And they might be visiting personally, staying in the blind house. Oh, for sure, that'd be great. Do they still use Stick it, by the way? The no. blind? They, oh, it's a thing of the past. Yeah. I don't think it's inhumane. I know some people in Long Beach right now who should be situated there for at least six, <laughs> eight weeks. England is way too PC now. To, they won't. They won't throw anybody in there now. They'll just be like, "Come this way. Come this way, please." <laughs> They mind the gap. You ever see that? You ever go there? No. Oh my God. So they say funny stuff like, and it's just, it's not even that funny. Like to them, it would not be funny at all. But when you get off the subway, there's like a, there's like a little gap between the subway and the thing. So you have to step over it. So everywhere on the ground, it says mind the gap. You know, that's like that's a bad they, name of a instead band. of watch your step, like yeah. we would say watch your step yeah. or step or something, and it's just fun. they have all these funny little things. Well, I'm um, I, I am super pleased to hear that you've uh, you've been redirected. You're thinking, you're freaking everything's been you're, you're back on track, man, and jamming. And uh, in what, about four weeks, we're gonna go to Alex's and uh, see a free gig. I might even wear my pajamas to that thing. I don't care. I might too. I you might. know. 
it's such an early show. Why not just yeah. bring the coffee and a breakfast burrito and just set up? Yep, and we're we're rounded out by we have a Warren actually Warren Renfro, the bass player from the Cadillac Tramps, is the bass player for Blind House, and we have this really rad uh, Latin percussion guy who plays timbales and and congas and shakers and stuff, and his name is Mike Vasquez, and he's amazing too. And uh, it's a it's a super group. Every one of these dudes is like top top notch it's, it's a good crazy. group of players yeah, oh my god it's I'm, the best band. I'm i'm totally looking forward to checking that out in fact for people who are um either watching and will soon be listening on spotify and itunes brian how can people follow you to stay in touch uh i would say follow the blind house page on facebook and it's it's blind house it's just blind house those two words on facebook or blind house on instagram and that's always going to be the places where we post everything. There you go. And so for all those watching and listening, check out Blind House. And uh, we're going to get a grip of people there on the 24th of March. And, uh, man, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm stoked that you took the time with me today. Hey, it's your you. second visit here, man, and it won't be your last if I if I have my way. Damn I'll it. be here. I'm I'm always gonna, I'm always down for this cause. It's a, it's an amazing cause. I mean, I love what you're doing. You know, I I love the fact that you're bringing it out there and you're and you're it's not like it's it's attraction not promotion right you're putting it out there so people can be attracted to recovery thanks man you know you have to put it out there or no one's ever going to see it yeah i think uh you know trying to destigmatize you know this uh this thing called well now they're calling we're calling it substance use disorder but for, whether it's alcoholism or drug addiction it's so it's okay to talk about and and you know we got guys like brian here who have long-term recovery and uh, he puts it right out there, and uh, and and I thought I'm proud of him. I'm pretty damn sure that he's proud of it too. But you know, he hasn't done it alone. I know that I haven't done it alone, and that it's okay to talk about. You know, I've got this. I got a problem here. Reach out to us, by the way, if you need some help, because we'll help direct you to. If you don't have health insurance or something, we find places that are state funded, municipally funded, or privately funded. Sometimes it just there's help there for you guys. You don't always have to have the platinum PPO coverage to get help and so there's we want to help people the best we can and I appreciate you uh, you saying that man and I'm, no I'm thankful that you took the time again and um, ladies and gentlemen Brian Coakley from the Cadillac Tramps and now Blind House and I want to say it again because I freaking mean it you have to see the Cadillac Tramps documentary Life on the Edge it's basically available on every medium I watched it I own it on Amazon and um, I believe iTunes and Google Play. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you guys have got to check that flick out because you're going to see some sick footage of the Cadillac Tramps and some interviews that will completely, absolutely make your heart sink, man, because it's such a real gritty bitchin' story. And I'm so glad that you guys made your story come to life on documentary film. I am too. I mean, when my wife first brought it up, I thought she was crazy. <laughs> but I wanted her to do it. I wanted her to do it, but I was like, oh, God, how are we going to really do this? But oh, I'm so glad she did. I, I, I tip my hat to her, the hat that I'm not wearing. Jamie, Jamie, you're amazing. And uh, I'm stoked that you did come out with that document. And we'll be staying in touch as, as Blind House unfolds here. And uh, we will pump that up in the coming weeks. I'm looking forward to seeing you on March 24th. I'll probably see you at another one of our gatherings before then. Yeah. And um, thanks so much for being transparent, man, and, and sharing what was really going on recently because that was huge. Oh, no problem. You got to talk about it, man. You have, you have to talk about what's going on and get it out of you. That's the best way to do it. You see? 
That's exactly right. Transparency, honesty, a little accountability, man. There you are. Thank you, brother. Thanks. All right, Brian. Uh, we're going to wrap it up here. He, he, he can wave and he can make funny faces while I'm reading this last stuff here. You guys, stay up to date again with all of our upcoming events and film screenings. Check out the longwaybackfilm.com. we got something going on in San Diego in a, uh, next week where there's a big event going on. And uh, Instagram at Todd Zalkins. Twitter is at longwaybackfilm. And if you guys have any questions uh, about recovery or the things we're doing on the show, if you have any suggestions, please hit us up at info at toddzalkins.com. And I'll be getting to the, to the DVD and poster winners later on. You guys, next week we got a great guest, uh, Troy Eckert uh, from Volcom and Radical Voyage is going to be here. And this guy, is just, he's got an amazing story to tell. Looking forward to having him on next week. And you guys, thank you for joining us and taking the time to tune in to the Z-Man Show. Again, thank you so much to Brian Coakley, one of my local heroes here from the Cadillac Tramps and Blind House. And you guys, will see you next Wednesday. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you.